You're listening to the Creekside Church Sunday morning message. And now a message from Pastor George. Good morning, everybody. That's a great Creekside welcome. Well, hey, while we're welcoming people, I want to take a couple minutes. First, I want to welcome those online. We have Hannah with us this morning, Lisa, Issa, Pat P., and Clint and Gail from Shingletown, California. So hi, all those joining online. Those in-house, can you say hello to those who are joining us online this morning? Show us some love. Yes. We love to have you a part of this community, so thank you for joining us. Also want to take a second, very special moment for me. Our kids are with us this morning, joining us for worship, so wave over here to our Creekside kids. What's up, guys? How are you? So as they're going to exit right now, would you give them a high five, wave at them as they go by, as Mr. Scott and Mr. Tony take them to class. They're off to have a wonderful time, uh, but it's just a joy. It's a joy when we get to have them in service with us, worshiping with us, wave at them, high five them, knuckle bump them. Come on, all those in the back, that's what your job is this morning. Give them some knuckles. Show them that we love them. Absolutely. Yes. Well, hey, it's great to be with you this Sunday. Uh, like I said, it's a joy when we get to bring the kids in uh, for worship, and it, it just warms my kids' pastor heart. It gives them a sense of what being in big church is like, you know? They get to see what the adults get to do, and it helps them uh, get to experience worship in the fullness of it. Uh, we do worship over in kids' church, but this just gives them a, a little glimpse of what it looks like to come together as a body of believers and worship the Lord. So we always love when we get to have them. Um, I think think they're some of the coolest people ever. Uh, if you ask me, they're tiny humans and they are awesome. I love the time that I get to spend with them and we're getting ready, folks, here in just a couple of days on Tuesday. We're going to invite hundreds of those little awesome humans into our uh, parking lot with their families to join us for Trunk or Treat and that's always a really cool evening for me. Yeah, give it up. Come on. It's always a really cool evening for me as, as I was getting to run around like a crazy person dressed like a Disney character last year. Um, it was just so amazing because here's what it's doing. I get to see a lot of those kids um, who join us for Trunk or Treat in, at their schools during the week. I'm on their turf. I'm seeing them kind of in their element. But when we bring them here and they're here with their families, they're having a great time, they're getting to see us on our turf, in our element. And it's just incredible. So if you haven't had a chance yet to find out where you fit to serve on Tuesday, I encourage you, do that today. Do that today. You saw Miss Mary's trunk out there. Man, do I love Miss Mary. Uh, she makes it easy for you. So if you want to do a trunk, stop and talk to her. Um, but we still need candy. We still need some volunteers in some areas. So figure out, ask God to show you how you could participate in it because it's such an amazing evening. And it benefits those guys over there who, I'm serious, are just little rock stars. So if you could uh, figure out and see how God is encouraging you to participate, that would be absolutely wonderful. But for today, Sunday morning, I'm really expectant uh, for what God has in store for us this morning. So if you would uh, bow your heads with me as we, before we dive into the word, as we open in prayer. Oh, Lord, I'm just so grateful for today that we get to come together in unity to praise and to glorify your name. Thank you that we can come to this place in our brokenness and our hurt and our suffering, and here you are. And thank you that we can come to this place with our victories and in our celebrations, and still, here you are. You are a living and active God, not content with watching your children from a distance, but instead sending your son to die for us so that we could experience the fullness of a life with you on this side of eternity. 
Would you open our eyes this morning, Lord, to see your kingdom at work around us in the here and now? And all God's people said, Amen, amen. So we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God this morning, and I'm really excited about it. But if you were here with us last week, uh, you heard a wonderful message. You heard a wonderful message from Pastor George that really refocused our hearts and our minds in a season where if we're looking around and we're taking everything in, fear is pretty rampant right now. Uncertainty is what has kind of been painted as our new normal. Remember when we were using that term a lot? Uncertainty and fear have kind of inundated our culture. But Pastor George, he gave us three T's. Three T's. Trust, talk, and think. The first is trust God. He encourages us. In times of fear where your faith is wobbly, trust God. He encourages us to talk with God. Be constant in your prayer and communicating with God. Talk with God. And the last T was think like God thinks. And a lot of time this is the hardest because we're humans, right? God is, so, his thoughts are so much higher than th- our thoughts. His ways are so much higher than our ways. But Pastor George encouraged us, think like God thinks. And these things, these three T's were a prescription for those times where our faith is being overcome by our fear. And I think these three things, though wonderful, We can all admit they probably weren't an overnight solution for our worry. They're things we have to practice. They weren't an instant relief valve for our fear. But here's what I know. They absolutely help to bring our worry into a kingdom perspective. A kingdom perspective. So what does that mean? What does it mean? Well, it means that the camera angle has switched You flipped the camera, and now instead of spiraling into some dark and numbing place, you're able to focus on God's kingdom here among us in our everyday life as we seek to make choices to trust him, we take time to talk with him, and we ask him to transform our minds to become more like his. Now, you may be asking yourself, how can this be the kingdom of God? Have you looked around, Pastor Christina? As far as I know, this is not what heaven is going to look like. Well, hear my words, friends. I didn't say we're living in the kingdom of heaven. I didn't say we're living in heaven. I said we're amongst the kingdom of God. I didn't say heaven is here. I said the kingdom of God is here. In the book of Acts tells us, Jesus says this, he says, the kingdom of God is not a physical place, but rather it is living under the rule and reign of our Lord God. Living under his rule and reign. Living under the authority that God has in your life. That is what the kingdom of God is. It's not a physical place. And because of Christ's death and resurrection, we not only get to come under that rulership, daily, but we get to see the many blessings of God's kingdom in the here and in the now. There's so much that we get to experience because Christ came for us and he tore that veil that we get to experience that what would be in the not yet time to come, we get to experience it here and now in life that we're living in lockstep with Christ. But the plot of this side of eternity is written out. It's very clear 
and I'm sorry to tell you that it's not so heavenly. If you would, uh, open your Bibles with me. Uh, if you've got your Bible with you, you're going to flip to Matthew chapter 4. If you've got your uh, device, open up your favorite Bible app. That's where we'll be tonight, or today. I oh, don't see, I'm used to kids. <laughs> um, or you can always, we'll have it up for you on the screens. But we're going to be uh, camping out in Matthew chapter 24 today, picking it up, <coughs> pardon me, in Matthew 24 verse 4, where it says this. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and many will be deceived. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and to put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Seems like a pretty accurate portrayal of where we are today, right? You read through 20, Matthew 24, you're like, ooh, yeah, I see false prophets and teachers when I'm on social media, some pulpits, okay, gotta see that. Uh, news of war each morning on the news. Okay, God, I see that, I see that. And fancy alerts now on our phones that tell us when an earthquake is about to happen or when it did happen nearby. That was a new thing that happened last week. I thought that was interesting. But what does it say in verse 6? What does it say? Matthew chapter 24, verse 6. It says it in clear letters, but see to it that you are not alarmed but see to it that you are not alarmed. I don't get it perfect, folks. I know that I don't, but we seem so disillusioned when we turn on the news or we scroll, scroll through our feeds. We let fear, worry, and anxiety creep into our mind and distort the narrative that God has already written. See to it that you are not alarmed. Friends, I see Christ-loving people, people who I know love Jesus, speaking with harsh rhetoric of impending doom and end times being near. And though I understand the heart, my opinion is that it's doing nothing but inciting fear and concern in the hearts of believers and non-believers alike. But here's a sobering thought. If we go back to Matthew 24, here's a sobering thought. Nearly two billion people around the world have not had a chance to hear the gospel, not haven't heard the gospel, not haven't joined the meeting to go hear the gospel, haven't showed up at the tent where the meeting was happening. They haven't had a chance. That means the gospel hasn't even had an opportunity to make its way to two billion people in this world. 
That is 30% of the population. And this is a stat from the Joshua Project, okay? I'm not getting this from TikTok. I'm getting this from a real credible source. Two billion people. Two billion people. 30% of the world. And if I'm looking at Matthew 24, and I'm trusting that what the Lord says about his will and his timing, then I know we're roughly 30% off target from the goal, and there's still work to be done in the kingdom of now. The kingdom today. There are still 2 billion people here on earth today that need to know the truth and the love and the light of Jesus. You see, friends, in the kingdom of God, there's a balance. We tend to think that in his grace, his awesome, mighty, wonderful, new every morning grace, that we have this shield around us that's going to keep out every bad thing, right? We pray, God, hedge of protection, hedge of protection around me as I take on X, Y, and Z, and, you know, if you ever heard the, the Tim Hawkins devil versus foliage a little bit, you know, de- Satan's really afraid of foliage, plant ladies win every time, um, but no, <laughs> we, we tend to think that in God's grace we're shielded from bad, because, well, we're the ones who got it right, right, we follow Jesus, it's the sinners, the sinners are the ones who need the wake-up call, who need the, the shake-up in their world, to, to open their eyes, to see what's, what, what they really need. But again, going back to Matthew 24, verse 9 paints a very different picture for those of us who have already submitted our lives to Christ. Verse 9 says, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Sinners aren't going to be hated because of their relationship with Jesus. There is no relationship with Jesus. That's talking about us. It doesn't sound to me, folks, like this thing is going to get any easier, but we cannot make the mistake in thinking that the bad that comes is a result of some sort of divine punishment. We can't let ourselves go to that train of thought. We can't let the anxiety and the overwhelmedness and the concern of what's going on around us devolve our thinking to think that this is some sort of divine punishment because we could not be more off base. God is not in the business of punishment. Hallelujah. If he were, then Jesus would have come, lived, suffered, died, and rose again for no reason at all. And my God's not in the business of wasting. Sin is our punishment. The sin that resides in us, that's in us from the moment we're born, that is in our nature, that's our punishment. Our pride, our rebellion, our independence, our foolishness, our denial, Those are the things that punish us, not God. All the while, God's hoping to correct and redeem us to be used for his glory in his kingdom of now. The kingdom of God in the here and now is about refinement and redemption. Amen. (laughs) Refinement and redemption. 
And I have a whole series or whole sermon on refinement because God has really opened my eyes and I've got to have some really wonderful conversations with some of you about refinement in that process and how really truly beautiful though painful it is. Um, but God's, God's kingdom in the here and now is about those two things, refining us and redeeming us. When we recognize this, we acknowledge God's kingdom in the here and now, and we no longer think of it as something to come, and our perspective switches, and it shifts, and we can more clearly see God's hand moving, even through tragedy, and even through confusion. Amidst our doubt, worry, and fear, God's loving hand and mercy is evident when we switch our focus. What is this book right here? If not, an entire cover-to-cover -cover story of redemption. The kingdom of God continually at odds with the kingdom of man. Leaders and God-fearing people making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, giving way to sin, and oftentimes outright rebelling against what God has called them to. But we're no longer living in the Old Testament. We're far past the Old Testament God who sends flood and famine to get his message across. We live on this side of the new covenant where Jesus Christ has sacrificed himself so we can live aware of our sin, but connected to a Savior who seeks to radically transform our hearts and our minds. So yes, we live this life acutely aware of the sinful nature in us and all these things that corrupt how we think and how we feel and how we interact with others. We're aware of our sin, but we get to be connected in relationship to a Savior that is seeking to refine and redeem those things within us. And that is something worth praise. If you want evidence of God's kingdom in the here and now, Here's what I'll tell you. We are doing and seeing the things that we heard and saw Jesus doing in Scripture. If you want evidence of God's kingdom moving and active in the here and now, we are seeing and doing the things that we heard and see, saw Jesus doing in Scripture. I've seen it with my own eyes and I've heard it with my own ears, the powerful testimony of the healing power of Jesus, people being healed before me, I've heard powerful testimony of people whom you know were healed in the name of Jesus. We've all seen videos and heard firsthand accounts of earlier this year, the revival that was taking place in Asbury, okay? God's mighty spirit, a move across these students who were just gathered there to worship the Lord, and it just ignited into this revival, and if you were with us a few weeks ago, you were here, you celebrated with us people making the commitment to dive in, to get baptized, and to proclaim their faith in the Lord for all of us to see. The kingdom of God is not just to come, friends. It is here, and it is active. As the worship team comes up, I want us all to think about this for a moment. Christ's redeeming power in the kingdom of God, okay? We know in the kingdom to come that will be totally made right in mind, body, and soul. But in the kingdom of now, how much thought have you given to Christ's redeeming power? 
we talk about our younger generation a lot and how um, they're influenced by social media, particularly in the area of gender identity and sexuality. It's a really hot button topic and it's something that they are completely inundated with, our young people are. And as a staff, I want you to know, we are in conversations about that very topic on how we can love and lead through these weighty and critical moments in the lives of not just our students, but in anybody who would come through these doors who are seeking uh, to figure out the truth in who they are and who they were created to be. But I know how powerful the role of social media has on affirming some ideologies when it comes to gender identity. But here's something I find really interesting. And this is not a statistic, this is not from the Joshua Project, this is my own personal experience. And so Instagram could have figured me out and they have my algorithm pegged and they know I love Jesus now, maybe. But I want to just share with you this observation that I have made. On the same apps that we're condemning or getting frustrated with, former LGBTQ plus creators are putting out content Spotting, spotlighting <coughs> those who have come to know the truth in who they are after encountering Jesus Christ in a real and authentic way that made it impossible to foreseek their purpose for that platform. Did you hear what I said? These people who made a, a living off of speaking their truth are now going to those same profiles and those same set of followers and saying, okay, I know what I said then, but listen, Jesus has taken a hold of me. He's grabbed my heart and let me tell you what he has to say about who I am. They could no longer forsake the person of Jesus Christ for the momentary fulfillment of a social media platform. And all due respect to the old ways of communication, beepers are my personal favorite, though a little bit before my time. But a beeper's not reaching a million people in a day, in an hour, in the push of a button that says share. You're not reaching millions of people. Recognizing the kingdom of God in the here and in the now means keeping our eyes open for its work on all platforms. On all platforms, whether it's in here at a church service, whether it's out there at Trunk or Treat, whether it's on a social media platform, it's in the line at a grocery store, or it's at your very own dinner table, we need to recognize that the kingdom of God is here and now in every stage, in every platform of our lives. If we are going to seek out radical change and radical transformation in the hearts and the minds of people around us. If we're going to help people make their way towards a transformational relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to make sure we're keeping our eyes wide open for the redeeming power of Jesus in all the things that we're doing, not just some of the things that we're doing. It's not about getting them to this place. It's about getting them to Jesus. When we cast aside this idea 
that the kingdom of God is waiting for us on the other side. And we embrace it and we submit to it today, now. It changes how we trust. Back to our three T's. It changes how we trust. You know, you have a blessed assurance, an undeniable faith that the Lord's redeeming power is at work in and around you. You can trust that. It changes how you talk. It changes how you talk to others. It changes how you talk to the Lord. When you are acutely aware of God's mighty power moving in and around you, you pray with conviction and in the authority of the one whose name you are calling on. How you talk to the Lord and how you talk to people around you is different when you recognize the kingdom of God at work in your life. And it changes how you think. Oh boy, does it change how you think. You no longer view heaven as a ticket out, but instead you see God's work in you and the assignment for you as a blessing not just to you, not just to your church, but to your community, to your family, to the people who you get to see outside of your immediate sphere of influence who maybe have no idea what Jesus is about or what he's doing in your life, but you are there and you know. You, you think different, you talk different, and boy, do you trust different, and you're gonna tell them about this guy who's done something in your life, who has transformed you, and who has you in this world that seems chaotic and like it's on the brink of the end, but you know what is true, and you can share that because you're recognizing what God is doing in the here and in the now. So if you'll stand with me, we're going to close this morning. We're going to pray, and we are going to worship because God's kingdom is here. You're living in it. So we're going to start acting and living and talking and thinking like we're living in it. Because not only is it going to change our lives, maybe you've been following Jesus for a long, long time. And you're thinking, I, I know this, Pastor Christina, but man, if you start to really grasp onto the truth of what this means, it will still change how you think. It'll still change. God has something new for you. If you've been doing this for 50 plus years, God has something new for you today. If you've been doing this for five minutes, oh, he's got a lot new for you today. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus at all, today's the first time you're doing it, welcome to the family of God. You're in the kingdom, and this is gonna be amazing. Stop over there, get a yes packet, because there's a lot for you to do, and we want to be there for it. The kingdom of God is here, people. And we get to be hands and feet and eyes and ears for people around us to help them see it so they can begin to talk differently, so they can begin to trust differently, and they can begin to think differently. So God, your kingdom come and your will be done. I pray each of us would keep our eyes wide open to see your kingdom at work in our lives today. Remove the blinders from our eyes, Lord, the things that distract us from seeing your redemptive work. 
Help us to focus rightly on what you have for us today, knowing that what you have in store for us in heaven is truly remarkable, but the assignment you have for us today is an honor. Let us see your goodness and rest in the assurance of Matthew 24, 13, that says the one who stands firm in the end will be saved. Amen. Would you worship with us this morning?